I recently was asked to record a couple minutes of audio of people on the pickleball court. Needless to say, you could hear the unique sound of the ball against the paddle. But I also noticed how encouraging all the other players were and how much laughter there was. So it's totally appropriate today that I have on author Mike Brannon, who in his second book writes about the joy of pickleball. Let's get to the intro to hear from Mike. Welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast, where it's all about pickleball. Today, I would like to welcome to the Pickleball Fire podcast, Mike Brannon. How are you doing today, Mike? I'm doing great, Lynn. Thank you. How about you? Good, good. And actually, I should say I'm welcoming you for the second time to the podcast. And we had a great conversation the first time. You are an author and you now have two books on Pickleball out. And I actually am going to back up a little bit because I really enjoyed your story last time about how you came to write a book on pickleball. Well, the first book came about completely accidentally. My my wife and I were on that the cruise of a lifetime in the South Pacific and everything was wonderful. And then there's this thing that happened. You ever heard of COVID? Yeah, yeah. So about a week into the cruise, everything was going perfectly. And then and then all of a sudden COVID hit and we tried to get off the ship for the next 22 days crisscrossing the Pacific, looking for a country that would let us off. Nobody would. And so uh, after I finished my workout in the morning, it was about eight o'clock and I figured I could either do something constructive um, or just go to the bar like everybody else was. So I thought I'd better start doing something constructive if I'm going to survive these next three weeks. So I ended up just stream of consciousness, writing down my thoughts about what it's like to live well, kind of my life philosophies for my kids, for myself. And it turned into a book and the book had nothing to do with pickleball originally. But when I finished the book, I submitted it to a couple of people in the book business and they said, we love your writing. This is great. No one's going to pay attention to you because you're not already famous. Apparently, if you write something that's meaningful, you have to be famous first. So they said, well, you have this one paragraph about pickleball you use as, as an example. And they said, why don't you try that for your niche? So I redesigned the book around using pickleball as a metaphor for life, how we it, it connects us, how it challenges us, how it can bring out the best of us or the worst of us, depending on what we bring to the court. And so that was the genesis of the first book. And I know that the book is so enjoyable and you've got such a great story behind it. I'm curious because that book is a real hit. Why did you decide to write a second book? Yeah, it's uh, the thing is that the first book was called Pickleball and the Art of Living and people wanted a lot of people wanted more pickleball. They said, okay, this is nice about living well, but what, what really matters to me? Well, of course, pickleball matters much more than living well. So the diehards wanted more. It's like that Saturday Night Live skit with the guy says, I got a fever and the only cure is more cowbell. Well, for these people, they have a fever and the only cure is more pickleball. So I went ahead and wrote a book. I called it, It's called The Joy of Pickleball because I think that's why a lot of us are drawn to it. I mean, it's a joyful experience. And the subtitle is the definitive instructional guide for the senior player. Because when I was researching this, I had found that nobody had really written a book specifically for seniors who happen to be the biggest demographic. So not only does the book have a lot of instruction in it, but it's also tailor-made 
for the senior player, what it's like to have played other sports earlier in your life and maybe not be able to play them like you used to. I'm a prime example of that. I stopped playing basketball when I turned 50 out of self-preservation. My, my off shoulders torn up so I can't play tennis. I can't extend like I need to play tennis, but I can extend just enough with just a couple of tears here and there when I play pickleball. So it, it just kind of works. If you, if you, if you want to continue to, as I say, if you want to reimagine your athletic life, pickleball is there for you. I love that. And I can definitely relate to that story. My basketball career ended at exactly age 50 when oh. I completely tore my ACL. Then it was six years later, I happened to find pickleball and I'm with you. You kind of look at it and you're like, I can, my body can probably do this. And it's so much fun. Now, actually, wh yeah. why do you think people enjoy the game so much? Because you've got the title of the book. It's the joy of pickleball. Yeah. It's a, if you do it right with the right people and anything in life, of course, is great. If you, if you're doing something you love with, with people you enjoy, but pickleball kind of just lends itself to that. I mean, I know you Lynn, with your sports background, like mine, I've never experienced a sport where I'm laughing so much. I mean, at myself, at my buddies. If you just, one of the things I do in both books is I invite you at times, just when you're not playing, not when you're playing, but when you're not playing, just close your eyes and listen. And it, it's, there's a lot of great sounds. There's a couple of interesting words that, that fly out occasionally, but mainly there's a lot of happiness in the air and there's a lot of joy. There's a lot of building each other up. It's very different than that mono tennis vibe sometimes, or of course, with me with basketball, which is pretty much you're in someone's face and trying to impose your will on them. Pickleball just happens to be it's just fun. And as you've, we've all heard a thousand times, it's easy to learn and difficult to master. So it has that great combination of accessibility, yet challenge. And without the challenge, we get bored of anything. But pickleball, you're always learning. There's always, even the pros are always learning. So I, that's what I think makes it such a great game. Now, in your book, The Joy of Pickleball, you have a really interesting first line of the book. Humans love to play. Why is that so important for your book? This is one of those, I think, really big life lessons, I think, that we pick up as we go along sometimes is, for instance, I've got a golden doodle who's just a kick. I've never had a dog like him. He just wants to play all the time. He's such a happy soul. I mean, he gravitates toward everybody. My grandson, who's three years old, is coming to visit me next week. And when you watch, when you watch a dog or a kid play, you just, you're swept up in it. You're just, it's, uh, it's so uplifting. And you realize that as we get older, that play sometimes gets squeezed out of our life. But it's so vital to our happiness. We don't do pickleball. We don't work at pickleball. We play pickleball. And so it's rewarding to put in time and effort, do the best you can. But when you lose sight of the fact that what we're really doing is playing, then I think that's where you might lose your way a little bit. It's just the joy of play is amazing. I'm actually, I find it ironic because I'm, I tend toward Buddhism. I meditate. I'm into different pursuits. And which is great stuff, but I find it ironic that sometimes just by playing, I get myself in that present moment awareness that I've been working so hard to get through other means. And when I play, it just happens. You're just there. You can't be worrying and hitting a good volley at the same time. You can't be thinking about your job and, and, and making a good shot at the same time. So, so play is just such a vital part of life. And as we get older, 
I think it's even more important that we reconnect with play. Very true. And you had mentioned that you do a lot of meditation, and I know you have kind of a very holistic approach to life in general. So how can you have a holistic approach to the game of pickleball? That's a great question. And I really, I think that's the ticket is when you have a holistic approach, it's not about who gets to 11 first. I mean, it's fun. We want to win. And that's great. That's part of the thing. But a holistic perspective is much more about, especially, again, I keep emphasizing this, as you get older, it becomes more important to have a well-rounded experience, to to connect, to belong. Because as we get older, sometimes or maybe our we're no longer working. Maybe our kids have moved away. And it can be an isolating experience to get older. When you look at something like pickleball and you're looking, what am I going to engage in at this point in my life? If you look at it from a holistic viewpoint, you say, you know what, I'm, I want to play. I want to compete. That's part of who I am. But I also want to belong. I also want to, to be the best person I can while I'm doing something I love. And so if you stop defining yourself about who gets to 11 first and define yourself by, am I putting out good effort? Am I connecting with people? Am I laughing? Am I lifting others up? To me, that's what makes any activity worthwhile at the end of the day. Because I don't know about you, but about two days after I play, I can't remember a single score, but I remember the feeling I have of who I played with and how it felt. Yeah, actually, I thought that was just having senior moments. I can't remember the score. (laughs) Anyways, I mean, your book this time is more instructional in nature. What do you cover? What do you go over? And kind of, I think knowing you, I would imagine that some of this is, you probably have some interesting advice for people. I hope so. What I try to do, Lynn, is in this, in this world of prolific information that's everywhere. I mean, you can just click a, a, a button on your computer and you have all the information in the world. My job, I think, as an instructor is I try to narrow that focus. So in, in the book, for instance, I'll write, I write in some detail about the different strokes and strategy and different concepts, but then I narrow it down after I finish with that. And then I also have included a series of videos that are embedded in the book. You can click links as you're reading and go right to my videos. So if you're a visual learner, you get the visual as well as the textual description. And then at the very end, I even consolidated even further to what I call my pickleball 10 commandments. And I give 10 concepts that I think for players of any level will really help you play your best. And those concepts, a lot of that is keeping the paddle in front of you, keeping it square to your target, preparing early so you have time to execute proper decision-making. And just, again, the fundamental footwork, preparation, positioning that help you, that helps make every shot better. And again, I really stress getting good information early, taking lessons early. So you don't have to, as they say, where I'm from and back in the Southeast, you don't have to unlearn that stuff. You can just go ahead and start from doing it the right way from the beginning. And it's a lot easier. That's actually funny. I was just uh, a couple of days ago there with my friend, Paul, who teaches a lot of pickleball. And he was explaining that when he has somebody new come onto the court, brand new, how he goes about it. And he said exactly the same thing that you did is that it is best to just get instruction from the start, which is funny because if you think about it, the game is so easy to play. I don't think most people do get instruction. 
I think you're right. I mean, all you have to do is like, I teach a lot out at some muni courts near here and you watch people that come out there with the wood paddles and, and the really indoor pickleballs and that just not good equipment. They're having a great time, but they're really just slapping at the ball. They're having fun, which is great. But my point is you can still have fun and actually play properly. And it's even more fun because then the game opens up for you. Like one of the biggest things, Lynn, I still teach even intermediate, advanced intermediate players is placing the ball, is putting the ball where you want to. And not just that sea ball, hit ball, caveman type mentality. But I, I think so many people, when the ball starts to go faster, they start to spin faster. Their mind, their body, they tense up. When I try to teach people just to do the opposite, it's very much of a, a yin yang, zen type game. So when someone hits the ball hard at you, a lot of times you're just going to take their pace and use that to drop it back at their feet so they can't attack you again. And that's, and again, that's all part of the learning that goes on. You have to really almost unlearn some basic physical reactions you have. Like when a ball comes at you fast, your first reaction is to tense up and move away. But really, you need to just stay calm and move to the ball. So it's, you're right. Great instruction makes the game even more rewarding as you move on with it. Yes. And I always think when the ball is coming really hard at me, my paddle is my best defense. So (laughs) I I want that thing right out in front of me. I've got a friend actually, Jane, who really good player, but she is afraid of the ball. And she's like, how do I learn not to be afraid of the ball? Actually, can you answer that? Therapy. I don't know. It's really funny. What I try to do sometimes is I, I will pantomime. I will show them what they're doing and how ineffective it is. I have a paddle sitting right here. I don't know if this is going to be a visual thing or not, but when you, I, the same thing you talk about, your paddle is your best defense. And in my videos, I talk about using your, feel like your paddle is your shield. And again, if you're a warrior and people are coming at you, you're going to have your shield in front of you rather than like this, you're going to catch a lot of arrows in the chest when you do that or pickleballs. So what we really want to do is we want to Calm down, let our shield do the work, keep it out in front of us and stay calm. As far as I think psychologically, some people never can get rid of that reflex. I mean, there's a reason that reflex is there. That's how we actually evolved in our species is here. But you have to kind of turn the tables on that a bit and say, okay, this is why I brought this shield out here with me. Use it like that. And like I said, I will pantomime doing the wrong thing. They can see how ineffective it is, hopefully get a laugh out of them. And then they figure it out and they start to say, oh, yeah, this really does work. And there's nothing like doing it right, that positive reinforcement to go, oh, yeah, this does work. And then you can go from there. I love that concept of your paddle being a shield because I'm always saying, hey, your paddle is your best defense. But I think that if people think about it as a shield, that's going to connect with them. That's so I really appreciate the tip there. That's really good language. And one of the things I want to go back to, you mentioned you've kind of narrowed things down in the book. You've got your 10 commandments. I was curious as to which one is the first commandment. Oh, I have to look. I can't remember. Hold on, please. (laughs) No worries. (laughs) Oh, okay. Make ball to paddle contact in front of you. That to me is the biggest thing that I have to, you're talking about that reflex action of moving back when a ball comes at you hard. The other big thing is that a lot of times when a ball is coming at you and you need to turn, you turn and your whole body turns and your arms turn with you so that your paddle actually is going back behind the kitchen line when you're up at the net. You're playing 
with the paddle behind you in a way. And so once you get that paddle and you're making contact in front of you, you're going to be so much more effective. And all of the footwork and the positioning that you do is all toward that final goal of keeping your paddle in that proper hitting zone out in front of you. You can't hit effectively what you can't see. So when I'm going, to, one of the first things I do is when I get new students, I'll have them put their arms straight out in front of them, put their hands together, their arms straight in front of them. I'll say, now fan your arms out to 45 degree angles. I go, this is your happy zone. This is where you want to contact the ball right in here. So you're going to move to get in that position so that every shot is taking place in front of you. And when it happens in front of you, there's a lot of benefits. First of all, you can see the ball. Second of all, your body weight is behind the ball. So you're in a more powerful position. And third of all, when you're contact contacting that ball out in front of you, you're more likely to put more pressure and beat the reaction time of your opponents because that ball is traveling at your opponent from a shorter distance because your paddle's in front of you. All right. Well, great explanation. And that really goes with that shield idea. So I think yeah. we picked a great topic to talk about more about the instructional aspect of the game. Now, one of the things, too, is I know your history as an athlete, so is mine. You've devoted a lot of, to physical health and well-being in your own life. But, you know, you people, especially our age, we do get injured. Sometimes they are pickleball injuries. Sometimes they're historical injuries. Yeah. What's your best advice to stay healthy and avoid injuries? Keep moving. Quite simply, I mean, I tell people that the more you move now, the more you move later. When you look at the CDC, if you look at the statistics, that the majority of injuries that, that, that alter the life of senior players are falls. When you move, when you're up on the balls of your feet, when you practice agility and mobility, you're going to be less likely to get injured. Joints that are used to moving will not break as easy. I mean, you're, again, your body is an incredible adaptive machine. And so you need to put it in situations where it is able to say, okay, I need to move to the left. Well, I move to the left all the time. I need to jump. I can jump. I jump all the time. So your, I actually have a couple of stretching videos that are attached to the book. And I give you a complete warm-up routine you should do. A lot of people, they get out to the court, they stand in one place, hit five dinks and go, let's go. And uh, I have to admit, I I sometimes do that, but usually I do try to move around, get the blood flowing. When you stretch and you rotate your joints, you actually activate the synovial fluid that's in your joints. You're less likely to get injured. It's great for your cardiovascular system. So I'm a big believer in just stretching, moving, and actually exercising too. If you're going to play pickleball properly, one of my, I think one of my commandments is you have to play low. And to play low, you've got to be able to get into that squat position, sitting down on your haunches where you can move side to side easily. And you're in a powerful position because a lot of the shots, your power comes from the ground up. And so if you've got a strong core, strong legs, you're going to be able to maneuver around and play better pickleball. That's interesting. That's one of the things that Paul, my friend, noticed about when I play, when I'm in that dink rally, I am my, my eye level is like about where the ball is. So I'm getting down pretty low nice. to be doing that. Nice. Yeah. As I say too, if that ball's low, you got to get down there with it. Otherwise you're standing up and you're reaching down and you're trying to scoop it. And if you're trying to scoop a ball, your paddle angle is changing. And when your paddle angle is changing, you're not going to be able to make square contact. And that's the name of the game. If you watch the pros play, 
They do a lot of different things, but at the end of the day, you're going to see that 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 paddle is perfectly square to their target. That face is square. And so if you don't get down low, like you said, it's hard to do. Now, granted, as we get older, sometimes some of my students, I say, just get as low as you can. I mean, because we all have limitations. So you just at the end of the day, this is not a uh, this is not a pop quiz. This is a no judgment zone. You do the best you can, but exercising, stretching, and doing those kind of things will help you maximize whatever you bring to the court. Now, your book finishes with an interesting concept, and it's one about perspective. And I think we've kind of probably covered some of that thinking about your book is focused on older players, but tell me about that perspective. Obviously, perspective means a lot to anything you do in life. If you don't mind, let me just read you a couple of paragraphs from that perspective part of my book. And I think that might be better than what I could just ad lib for you. I start off with a quote from Albert Camus, one of my favorite French philosophers. And he writes, autumn is a second spring when every leaf is a flower. When you think about that concept, we're in that stage of life. This is our autumn, the senior player, but yet there's beauty in it. You know, you don't have to be the rose at all times. You can be that, that, that beautiful weathered leaf that's seen a lot of seasons. And so I write that happiness is all about savoring every day and expressing who you are in every season of life. Autumn is more peaceful than the bursting of spring and the bustle of summer. The colors are richer. There is time to enjoy the harvest of the hard work that went before. Your future may not be full of boundless possibilities as it was when you were young, but the autumn of life is often more suited to who you really are. To the extent possible, you have created a life that reflects your values. Ideally, you have surrounded yourself with good people who lift you up rather than competing with those around you for status, attention, and money. And I finish with, your motivations have naturally shifted from future-oriented goals to present moment joys, a walk in the forest, a sunset at the beach, playtime with a grandchild, without the distractions and demands of making a living or raising a family. You may not be able to run a marathon, but you can play pickleball competing on your terms in an environment that suits your needs in this autumn of life. Nice. I love that. Now, Mike, after people hear the podcast, I'm pretty sure they're going to want to take a look at your book. How can they find it? Well, it's on the mothership, Amazon. (laughs) Can't miss it. Just put in Joy of Pickleball or my name, Mike Brannon. I'd really like it if you would go to my website, which is, you can go to Amazon from there, but at the website, you can also find all my videos, blogs. Hopefully, you can kind of capture the spirit of, you know, I try to bring a lot of humor to this. It's, it is pickleball, folks. And it's not, uh, there's a lot of problems in this world, and your pickleball game should not be one of them. So come to Mike Brannon, M I K E, which most of us can spell, and B R A N O N, which no one can spell, dot com, mikebrannon.com. And uh, check it out. See if you like what you see. If you have any thoughts you want to share with me, I'm just hanging out playing pickleball and enjoying life. So I'm happy to correspond with you and help you play your best. And uh, I appreciate everyone's interest. And I just sincerely hope this book helps you do what I hope my mantra is. I want you to be able to play better, healthier, and happier. And that's why I wrote the book. And I have to ask, Mike, will there be a third book about pickleball? I certainly hope not. I, I enjoy the writing process. The, and I love, it's great talking with you, Lynn, and other people that are, are, are passionate about the game. But I am just, 
as they say, I think it was Danny Glover said in that movie, I'm too old for this stuff. And uh, I don't have the energy to go out and market it and do appearances and all that kind of stuff. I just want to go play pickleball and have fun with my friends. So um, if another book idea comes, I'll, I'll try to fight it off. But if it's too inexorable, I'll give in. But for right now, I'm looking forward to a couple of years of just enjoying the feedback I get from people from my first two books and uh, traveling and being with my, my, my grandkids and my family and my doggy. And that's enough for me. All right. Well, one of these days, I'm going to get out to Carlsbad to see you. But again, Mike, I thank you so much for being on the Pickleball Fire podcast. And even if you don't write that third book, I'll probably still see if you want to come back on. You've got some great instructional tips, and I know you do a lot of teaching. And actually, that's a good point, because you do have the book, but you also do a lot of instruction in your area. Yeah. I'm I'm incredibly active coaching, I've, and I haven't solicited a single client, but they seem to just come because they, not trying to brag here, but I really, when I'm with you on the court, you have my undivided attention. And I think given my background in all different kinds of sports, I, I understand the kinetic chain. I understand that there's different styles of learning. I taught high school for a while. And so whether you're a visual learner or auditory or whatever, I try to meet you where you are. And the main thing I tell people when I get with them on the court is there's two things. Here's my safety talk. Don't backpedal, wear eye protection. Okay, that was fun. And here's my overriding theory about pickleball. I don't want you out here if you're not going to have fun. Ah. That's simple. Everything else is gravy. So that's kind of the way I start when I teach people. Be safe, have fun. And let's enjoy learning and making new friends and uh, and see where this journey takes us. All right. Awesome philosophy. Thanks, Mike, for being on the podcast today and for letting CBS record the show. Sounds great. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Pickleball Fire podcast. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to give it a five-star review on Apple iTunes. 